Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Liwa Gavaza, and it is a Friday, which means we get into the hard economics news um, of the week, and nothing bigger uh, this week than uh, the 75 basis point um, hike that we saw um, from uh, the South African Reserve Bank on Thursday. We had uh, the governor, uh, Lesecha Khanyaho, uh, coming on and giving us, you know, some of those reasons and uh, the big ones, you know, around uh, inflation, you know, having recently breached, um, you know, the Reserve Bank's target range and also um, in line with what's going on in the U.S. Uh, but to help us to maybe be unpack our what's going on and what it means you know for the economy and maybe even for people that are trading in the markets we are joined uh, today by someone who's no stranger to the platform uh, that is uh, george glenos who is the co-founder director and head of research over at uh, etm analytics george how are you today i'm very well thanks and you been a been a busy week, a rough week, but uh, we're as you said, it's a Friday, so let's look forward to some some better times ahead. I understand that you're joining us from another part of the world, hoping that uh, you know the weather's a little bit more sunny where you are. Actually, I was in Greece, and and you're quite right; it was sunny and and very warm, so it was summer there. But uh, I'm back. I'm I'm, I'm in Joburg as we speak, so I'm I'm back. Uh, in my homeland and um, yeah looking forward to getting back to to normalization and uh, speaking of that homeland it's been quite an interesting time a turbulent week um you know right now how would you characterize you know where we are right now i think um the interest rate is the big thing that um you know everyone is uh talking about right now I don't think anyone is surprised, but did you think that we were going to have this big um, of a of a, of a, of a hike, or do you think that uh, you know the MPC could have made it even bigger? Give us all the medicine at once. Well, they certainly could have made it bigger. There was some discussion within the MPC of a hundred basis points, so they could have gone even bolder than they did. I think what. Uh, what what probably stopped them from going a full hundred basis points is, is simply the weakness of the the domestic economy, the fact that we're dealing with load shedding, which in and of itself almost acts like another tax. The fact that uh, households are, are under a great deal of pressure already, and so this just makes that a little bit uh, more difficult for for your average household. Um, and then, of course, there's an unemployment crisis that we have in this country and the inability of, of the private sector and government to be able to soak up labor. So the combination of that, I think, puts a lid on just how far interest rates are going to go up. Uh, they've probably still got a little bit further to rise. Uh, we are, are quite far from a neutral rate. Uh, we still need a little bit more in the way of, of interest rate hikes to get there, and that neutral rate really is when you've got a real interest rates just slightly above where inflation is, and inflation, as we've as we've seen um, recently, has has been quite high. It's been quite elevated, a little uncomfortably high at seven point four percent, well above the the upper limit of the inflation target range. But then again, that is a theme that has uh, permeated the globe. Uh, we're seeing uh, countries such as the UK with inflation north of. Nine percent and forty-year high. So, you know, in, in in many instances, our trading partners have have had it even tougher than than South Africa has. Uh, that's that's called comfort, but 
yeah, it's, I guess it's part for the course of the kind of world that we're in right now. We're in a high inflationary world. And as, as a result, central banks are responding and they're responding forcefully. And as uncomfortable as that may seem right now, it will probably be for the best in the long run. It's a it's a tough one to be in at the moment, you know, as you said, and I guess the way that you explain it puts a little bit of context as hard as things are in South Africa. There are other parts of the world, you know, where things are even harder. And I think uh, an easy one to always point at is the fact that as much as we're complaining about 25 to 27 rand a litre when it comes to petrol in the UK, it's closer to 40 rand, uh, which is, you know, absolutely crazy. And putting things like that into context, um, I, I guess you assuage, you know, some of the discomfort, but it's still discomfort nonetheless. And in the markets, how are you finding uh, that uh, markets have reacted, you know, both to, um, you know, some of the interest rate news, but also uh, some of the global factors which tend to really weigh on the South African economy? You know, the markets have, um, interestingly, the, if, if one has a look at the, the JSC, for example, and I have a look at the, the all-share industrials, the all-share industrials from, from where they were trading um, about mid-June, uh, and, and if we call ourselves a little bit past uh, mid-July right now, we, we've risen over 10% uh, from those levels. So, so amazingly, um, some of our, our JSC stocks have performed quite well. One could one could uh, argue that that was very much a function of the weakness in the RAND. And, uh, and of course, many of these are RAND hedged or dual listed. Uh, and, and so there, there is a, a natural currency effect that kicks in and, and helps there. But, you know, that was perhaps a little counterintuitive. Um, on, the, on, on the currency front, we've had quite a lot of volatility. And of course, the RAND has weakened uh, fairly significantly. But that's not out of kilter with what we've seen in other emerging markets. You you alluded to that. So there's been some volatility in, in currency markets. And then, of course, there's, there's been interest rates. And, and it's amazing to see how bond yields have, in fact, been falling uh, in, many, in many parts of the curve, uh, despite the fact that interest rates have gone up. And I think the, the, the counterintuitive notion there is that they are looking through the current uh, rate hiking cycle. And uh, they, as they look through the cycle, they start to position themselves and price in the, the prospect of weaker growth in, in the months and quarters ahead. And so it's a, it's a natural part of the business cycle when it's governed by a central bank. And of course, as the central bank hikes, right, hikes rates, you uh, can expect the slowdown in growth. That slowdown in growth constrains the monetary system. The monetary system squashes inflation back out of the system. Uh, and, and of course, interest rates over the longer term come back down. So uh, already, uh, investors are looking well through uh, the the current tribulations that we 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 suffering through at the moment, and and are looking to the prospect uh, down the line. And we'd be talking very much down the line, sort of twelve to eighteen months' time, uh, about speculating around uh, prospects of a, a reduction, a sharp reduction in inflation, and uh, equally a reduction in interest rates as well. 
you know when we're talking about this inflation thing it's uh, it seems to have become one of those themes that everyone you know is talking about right now and it's not um, something that's unique to south africa as we alluded to earlier on but i wanted to get your sense george because you were sort of guiding us through what's been going on in the market um you know that inflation we've seen transmission of prices um, you know, coming from the oil markets and et cetera to a lot of your basic consumer goods. Do you see any of those, uh, you know, transmissions uh, finding themselves, you know, maybe in equity markets? Uh, because, you know, when you look at um, the last uh, maybe decade or so, um, especially in the United States, people would say that, um, you know, there has been inflation, uh, but it was in the stock market as opposed to consumer goods and this time around we're seeing that happening on the consumer goods side any any risk of that happening in terms of um, what do you call this in terms of uh, the markets especially with how low a lot of the stocks find themselves you know people may be coming in and trying to be opportunistic so look uh, asset price inflation is something quite uh, is, is different in the sense that uh, it will respond and it will manifest when interest rates are extremely low. Um, at this stage of the game, interest rates can't remain low. Uh, and so you, you're not having that, that same asset price inflation uh, that, that we were referring to sort of in the past couple of years. Uh, that asset pl- pr- price inflation was coming around as a result of very aggressive monetary stimulation from the central banks, the reduction in interest rates, uh, the proliferation of quantitative easing, um, and the way that that cheap money or, or easy funding uh, pushed its way through the through the uh, plumbing of the the financial market system, so so that asset price inflation uh, is is something quite distinctly different from what we're experiencing now. Now we're experiencing the negative aspect of of having pushed so much cheap money and liquidity into the global system in such a short space of time. We effectively uh, created the monetary space for inflation to take hold at, at a goods level. And, and, and so this is what we're suffering through right now. The central banks in responding to the COVID threat simply did too much, too aggressively in too short a space of time, and they did fuel inflation at the end of it. Uh, the, the result of that is that interest rates now have to rise. Uh, so the asset price inflation uh, side of the equation, I don't believe is going to be anywhere near as powerful uh, as it was before, simply because uh, simply because um, the costs of doing business have risen, not just in uh, in in the form of of higher interest rates, but also in the form of cost pressures that those companies have to uh, sustain themselves. So, so um, I, I think this kind of inflation that we're experiencing right now is a little different. Uh, well, it, let, let's just say it expresses itself in a different portion of the economy. Uh, it's one that that hurts households uh, quite directly, and so it is obviously something that the central banks are going to want to take uh, take take care of, and they're and they're doing so uh, through through the hiking of interest rates to prevent second round inflationary effects from taking place. That's that's the logic that they're applying. I think if you if you had to apply some of that logic to to stock markets, though, you would say that uh, a stock market would be one of your better hedges against inflation. So it's not to say that it's all uh, bad news for stocks. Uh, In fact, you would probably find that any sell-off in stocks, and we've had 
uh, sell-off of, of their recent highs, but they could uh, come under even uh, greater pressure in the future, depending on, on how successfully uh, or uh, how aggressively the central banks uh, perform uh, in their monetary tightening. But should they continue to lose ground, it, it simply offers investors uh, another opportunity to buy back into uh, into these equity markets uh, for the longer term. So, you know, in, in, every, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. I think that's the difficulty investors have is to try and discern between what's a real threat and what ultimately could turn into an opportunity. I see what we, we're living through now not as a, a calamitous event, or at least not just yet. I think that the the recovery in, in stock markets will materialize over time, but I think we probably need to get used to lower returns going forward. I do think we're going to probably suffer through recessionary-type conditions later this year. That's the unfortunate reality. Uh, but it is a function of interest rates rising, which is a function of inflation being uncomfortably high. And, uh, of course, central banks have to do what they've got to do. It's, it's, and it's quite a sobering reality that you are, you know, alluding to uh, the threat of a recession or, you know, whether technical or, you know, what could people consider to be a real recession, you know, that waits to be seen. Uh, but the fact that, you know, that risk is there, people have been talking about it through the start of the year, and uh, that seems to be coming more and more, um, you know, of a reality as we get, like you said, um, you know, towards the, the end of the year. And with that in mind, then, um, I'm pretty sure that uh, either yourself or your team is doing a little bit of modeling. Where do you see interest rates? going in um, you know in in South Africa uh, I've heard you know some numbers you know having us trailing towards the seven or eight percent you know before we can actually get a handle you know over you know everything that's going on on an inflationary basis yeah I mean so, so this is the difficulty you know on the one hand you have a a central bank which is um, amongst the more conservative and and they want to try and keep inflation under control. In fact, in the future, it wouldn't surprise me, and I'm talking way down the line here, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to lower the inflation target from, you know, the midpoint of around four and a half to something closer to around 3% to to, um, coordinate South Africa's monetary policy more with that or the rest of the world. Um, so we have a conservative central bank. Um, they they probably will err on the side of, of trying to restore positive real interest rates, which means that um, you're quite right. Uh, yeah, your, your, your repo rate could, could rise uh, significantly further still. Um, and we would be talking about uh, levels closer to maybe you know, 6.5% on the repo, which... You know, on a prime rate, we've put it uh, closer to nine and a half, ten percent. Um, your longer-term bond yields are already trading at these very, very elevated levels. Uh, you know, your R186 is trading at at, at around nine point two. Uh, your your 2048 bonds were trading uh, north of twelve percent not so long ago. So you know, we 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 are adjusting to this higher interest rate reality. Uh, higher interest rate realities, uh, I, I think, are Obviously, a little bit challenging for growth in the near term, but over the longer term, have have the ability of attracting capital, encouraging savings, and and that pool of of capital and savings is in fact very useful uh, to to deploy 
uh, into the economy longer term. So it's not all bad news. Uh, and I wouldn't ever characterize uh, a rising interest rate environment as all bad news. It's, it's uncomfortable to live through, obviously, but there are some positives that uh, do get restored through interest rates that are appropriately placed. And at the moment, I think it's fair to say that uh, interest rates, not just in South Africa, but globally, have actually been too loose for too long. Um, and so there is some normalization that's taking place. We're starting to see that it's, um, you know, perhaps we've become a little over leveraged uh, as a society and that we need to be very careful in how we accumulate debt, both at, at a household and at a business level. Um, interest rates, uh, the, any business plan, let's put it that way, or household should plan around interest rates always being a little bit higher than than where they are when, when debt is taken out. Uh, so, so that it offers a little bit of, of flexibility uh, and resilience uh, should, should interest rates rise as they're doing at the moment. Uh, but yeah, interest rates, I think, still have a little bit further to go. And um, what we've seen with inflation more recently, what we've seen with this oil price shocks and, and all of that has unfortunately resulted in us revising upwards our, our um, interest rate targets and where at the beginning of the year we were talking about uh, repo rate maybe topping out uh, somewhere on current levels uh, of around you know five and a half percent, we'd be talking now levels of maybe closer to six and a half or even seven percent. And and that's the unfortunate reality that interest rates are still going to rise a little bit further. Um, but I think you know not to turn this all gloomy on on a Friday afternoon. Uh, it would also be to say that uh, I think we're nearing the top of of the inflation cycle now. Uh, so within the next few months, uh, as that tops out and at least starts to stabilise, I think we can start to look forward to the narrative changing uh, back towards one of some monetary stability and uh, and in due course uh, some interest rate cuts again. I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, there are many out there that are, you know, anticipating or at least hoping uh, for that tide to turn, you know, just so that we can have, you know, a more positive outlook, um, you know, of what's going on. But tempering some of those expectations uh, with the so you know, with the sober mind to say that um, there is a little bit of crunch that's needed. And then from there, um, you know, things will turn for the better. As we're ending off, uh, George, two things on our end. Firstly, um, the U.S. dollar. Um, I think right now the the rand has been, you know, hit uh, quite a bit over the last uh, couple of weeks, mainly owing to um, U.S. dollar strength. Um, how long can we, you know, can we anticipate? Rather than how long, but can we anticipate that um, this will be the status quo? You know, you know, for the foreseeable future, um, as uh, as risk of sentiment continues, or do you sort of see uh, the tide also turn? on that um, going forward yeah so in the in the short term we we are going to have to live through some volatility uh, there's no question about it uh, I don't think we're done with the volatility yet and whilst we have that volatility there's always going to be a demand for some safe haven placement and of course the dollar tends to benefit from that so there's no question that there's there's a little bit of that still around however when I look at our valuation metrics on the dollar uh, one can characterize it quite safely as being extremely overbought. It's an expensive currency right now, the dollar. And that's not just against the rand, it's against uh, the euro, it's against the pound. Uh, not so long ago, um, the euro was was trading just about at parity uh, to, to uh, the dollar, uh, which is a big weakening. Uh, but as we've seen uh, more recently, that has, has reversed and stabilized a little bit. 
The dollar, I think, is starting to find it increasingly difficult to strengthen significantly further from current levels. So all the the short-term volatility that I spoke of notwithstanding, uh, this too is a cycle which will turn, and I suspect that we will see that turn through the second half of this year. So um, we're seeing some early signs of of that manifesting and the fact that U.S. interest rates are now starting to come off. Uh, So your your U.S. bond yields, for example, were trading closer to 3.5%. They're now trading at 2.8%. That may not sound like a big move to um, to, to people not afraid with, with the markets, but I can assure you it's actually quite a significant move. The dollar has benefited from the fact that interest rates in the U.S. were going to be higher um, and well above those of its trading partners. If the U.S. interest rates are now starting to roll back and come under pressure, the one big reason for backing the dollar is starting to evaporate. And so as those interest rates start to come off, and they've been coming off over the past couple of days, so you start to see the dollar losing a little bit of its shine. And today we're seeing the RAND trading uh, significantly stronger. Uh, so we're sitting at 16.84. At the beginning of this week, we were comfortably over 17, which gives you a sense of, of you know, how much these things can move in a relatively short space of time. Um, our indicators are telling us that RAND uh, could, in fact, have quite a good final quarter of this year going into the first quarter of next year. So I don't think it's all um, it's all negative for for Rand just yet. At the moment, uh, there's been volatility and 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 it's very easy to get caught up in it. But uh, but equally, I, th- I think it's quite possible for the Rand to stay to recovery later this year. And it might not necessarily be just because the the South Africa or the Rand is is or South African politicians are doing anything correctly. It might just be that the dollar itself starts to come under a little bit of pressure, which would be long overdue. Uh, and that wouldn't be coming under pressure just against Rand. It would be coming under pressure against uh, a lot of the big major currencies. Uh, yet another sign of the fact that uh, a lot of the times it's the exogenous factors that tend to be um, affecting, you know, the Rand. Some of these internal issues already priced in, uh, but more the exogenous factors such as the U.S. dollar being the ones uh, that are helping to drive up or down uh, the Rand. So, you know, a bit of a positive outlook there uh, from George in terms of the Rand and, you know, how that might, you know, begin to, you know, come up. It's already happening this week week uh, because of some of those turns um, in the interest rates. So, George, on the last point, you know, from us uh, today, um, we've spoken quite a bit about, uh, you know, the equity markets and uh, you did allude to the fixed income uh, markets and uh, that's where we want to end off. Just your thoughts uh, on the market, you know, at the moment, maybe there are those that are eyeing opportunities at the moment to say, you know, it's an interesting environment to be in with where interest rates are. Um, you know, just your thoughts on, uh, you know, fixed income markets and whether or not uh, this is an entry point or whether this is, you know, maybe a, a point at which those that are in should just stay where they are and those that are out should be maybe staying um, as uh, as watchers, you know, and maybe not participating just yet. Yeah, I think there was a golden opportunity to get into the long end of the curve uh, just a week ago or so when uh, the 2048 was trading over 12%. I mean, can you imagine locking in 12% for the next uh, 20-odd years? Uh, it would be a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> That's a very good return 
Uh, at the moment, it's trading just under 11.4%, which is still a pretty good return. So, so I think there's there's decent entry points here. I mean, not only is it positive in nominal uh, terms, but it's positive in real terms as well. So good entry point into, into fixed income for me at the moment, uh, unquestionably. Uh, and um, yeah, yeah I, I suspect we we may very well go through a patch where where equities will struggle to match the performance of bonds once more. We saw that for a while uh, in the past uh, five years. Much of the past five years was characterized, I say for the past 18 months, uh, the previous five years or the prior five years to that, uh, bonds actually did pretty well uh, uh, versus, versus equities. And I think we might very well go through another phase of that uh, going forward. So that's it. Uh, we were talking to uh, George Glynos, just giving us some insight into um, what's actually going on in the in the world of financial markets um, against the backdrop of uh, rising inflation, but also at the same time rising interest rates. And uh, I think one of the big things um, that uh, we were talking about is on two fronts. Firstly, um, you know, he's echoing something that we've heard, um, you know, other market players talk about. Um, over the last year or two, and that is the fact that, um, you know, as bad as things are, there usually are opportunities, you know, in in a market uh, that people can look at. And that's what he's also saying right now, to say that as bleak as things might appear, if you just uh, look a few layers underneath, uh, there are opportunities for people, you know, to actually either get into the market, uh, as with fixed income that he highlighted just now, or to just wait a little bit because uh, some of the tides are beginning to turn and uh, we might see some you know positivity coming um, in the second half of the year and then also you know just talking about the different phases uh, that uh, you know the economy does find itself in we spoke a lot quite a bit uh, about the rand and some of the factors uh, that are affecting it and the fact that uh, from monetary policy uh, point of view we might well see uh, a little bit more uh, of a push when it comes to rising interest rates but um you know over time we will see um inflation being wrangled in you know quite a bit and then that then helping us to turn uh that tide so that's been it uh george is the co-founder director and head of research over at etm analytics george thank you so much for being with us today thank you great pleasure look forward to the next time This This too shall pass. That really does seem to be the theme uh, that we find ourselves, um, you know, in right now to say that um, as hard as things are at the moment, this too shall pass. Um, About two and a half years ago, um, we were on the precipice of getting into the COVID-19 pandemic. And yet here we are no longer having to wear masks in South Africa. And I recently was in uh, the Middle East and I was recently in East Africa. And it's all, you know, it's almost the same. Uh, That's the general feeling that you get that the world uh, sort of gets the feeling that we are over COVID, despite the fact that uh, the likes of President Joe Biden in the U.S. has recently tested uh, positive for COVID-19. We no longer have uh, the chest pains that we used to feel, um, you know, back in the day when you'd hear, um, you know, about some of these things, you know. So so that phase, um, you know, in our existence, 
existence in modern society has passed. And I do believe that uh, the inflationary cycle that we are in um, at the moment, this too shall pass, as well as the interest rate hikes, because things do need to cool down. And at the same time, uh, as George said, one of the things that he did say is that a lot of things were loose over the last uh, you know, couple of years. In the US, for example, one could not have sustained such low interest rates uh, for the foreseeable future. It was just not going to happen. A correction was necessary. That is just how the um, economy works. Going forward, though, one just hopes that, um, you know, as things begin to turn from a policy point of view and also an execution point of view, that we will be better prepared, um, you know, for the next cycle um, when it does come, because you do see these things happening over time. 1998, you know, that was a big crisis. The year 2000, a big crisis. Um, I think 2000, 2008, uh, globally, another big crisis. COVID-19, you know, big crisis. So these things do happen over the time the best thing that we can do is you know when things are good take advantage um and um as uh, our producer would say you know be like a squirrel gather your nuts put them away you know just so that you know you are ready for that rainy day And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.